Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Hello, folks. It is another podcast with Brandon and Evan. The B&E Podcast. Welcome. We don't know what we're going to talk about. It's a Not So Serious Sunday. I How thought you, you were going to keep on going higher and higher with that. I was, Doing but... the podcast. Ah, ah. <laughs> uh, I feel like I lost my voice a little bit partying this weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but whatever. That happens. That's it, life, man. That's life. That's life. Yeah. Yeah. Not Sometimes. everything is perfect, Evan. No. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's about seeing... I know you know this. Sometimes it's about seeing the perfection of what is. Yep. Right? And sometimes it's just about showing up and doing what you can when you can do it. It's like a pretty good topic, actually. (laughs) But, you know, there's something to be said. There's something very rewarding, I find. There's something like that's almost very... Not all the time, but something I almost enjoy about losing my voice, mm. especially after partying or something. You know, it's like a sign that, you know, you had a really great time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, you were, it's like, yeah, I raised my fucking voice <laughs> for a long period of time. Yeah. You know, what's funny as I woke up today and I was like, oh, my whole body's sore. I feel like I, I also like really got into whatever we were doing, you know? So like physically, like just weren't, what the hell were you doing? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Does okay. it? <laughs> no, but, um, it just, you know, whatever, hanging out with people and, and talking and connecting and drinking and all the good stuff. Yeah. No, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I, it's interesting this week because my plans to write this script uh, that I'm working on. I was going to start on Friday and do Friday, Saturday, but then stuff came up on Friday, which made it very difficult to do any writing. And then, uh, Saturday I had plans, which basically fell through. And then like, kind of like my whole weekend got in this weird kind of, it was a really great weekend, but it got into this whole weird thing where I was like, okay, well, I guess the writing plan for Friday and you know, and, and Saturday aren't going to happen. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. I accept that. And then, um, my plan was to do uh, Monday, Tuesday now. Cause I, I mean, I can do that. I can just move the days. It's fine. Yeah. But, um, then my dad messaged me and he really needed help with some stuff. Hmm. So I was like, okay, it's interesting. These challenges are coming up right now and they're kind of taking my little plan of like, I have this all figured out. I'm going to block these days off and I'm going to write. Um, I still have enough time outside of that, but now it's starting to get me, it's starting to push the line a little bit. Now it's starting to get to a little bit of like the pressures on a little bit more. And, you know, I thought about, I mean, I thought about saying no to my dad, helping him out. And I mean, it was, it's a tough call. You know, at the end of the day, I kind of like did like a value, uh, appraisal, I suppose of it, you know? Yeah. And I looked at it and I'm like, no, it's more important than I help my dad. I, cause this is something I can move around a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm still committed to getting it finished, but it's just an interesting way in which this, uh, this, these two weeks are going so far where I have these plans and, and things are kind of coming up, which are really challenging my, my plan, you know, right. I'm still committed to follow through 
but now I'm going to have to, I'm, I'm going to have to adjust. So right. my plan is to, um, because I don't have to help him out for the entire day, but I'm going to have to like leave here, leave my comfort zone of like, you know, whatever, uh, what I would normally do and, and potentially write in a different environment and potentially start later in the day and potentially not be in an environment where it's e- as easily for me to just kind of be settled. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's kind of like how life works. And it's not so much about, I think sometimes it's important to say no to things, but I think it's also important to figure out, okay, well, this is how it is. This is what I'm going to do. And this is how I'm going to work with it. You know? Right. Um, because I think, I think it's, it's, it's challenging sometimes to be an artist because you have these competing values, you know? And, and yeah. I think that's something that, um, isn't talked about a lot, but that's something that I'm noticing right now. It's just something that's coming up for me. And I mean, yeah, I could say no. I mean, I can choose what I want to do, but I feel like it's important. Like anyone who's in my family or anybody who's like a best friend or something like that, if they ask for help, genuinely need it. Yeah. I'm willing to drop just about everything to do that. Yeah. Um, and in this, in this scenario, I looked at it and I go, well, that's more important value for me than staying on a schedule that I made up anyway. You know what yeah. I mean? But now it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting week. Cause I mean, I still, I'm still going to write this script. I'm going to figure out, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Because you have a very am- ambitious goal here to yeah. write a, to write a feature. I mean, a very simple sort of story from what you've told me ab- about it. Um, but, um, still that's, it's, uh, you definitely have your work cut out for you. Mm-hmm. Um, with the goal of writing a script basically completely from almost entirely from concept. I mean, I know you've had this sort of idea for a little while, but it's pretty much you've, you're taking it from concept to completion in about two weeks, yeah. which I know you've done before. Uh, you've probably done that in a shorter time. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've written, I think the fastest I ever wrote a script was in two weeks, Yeah, but in all fairness, it wasn't the first it was an entirely new draft with no, none of the same scenes. It wasn't a rewrite, right. but the characters were already established. I had already written a, a script already with that one. Right. And that script only took me a month. And then the rewrite took me two weeks. This is an entirely new script. It's 90 pages. Um, it, the, the advantage I think in certain ways is that it's dialogue driven in one location. In some ways that could be a challenge in certain ways. I don't know, but my goal is now I've developed the characters to a point where the characters are very well fleshed out. The plot line is, is summarized to what it needs to be. And I'm hoping that once I get down to it, the characters will just tell the story. And right. I've had this process. Like I used, this is more the process I used to do when I started writing, basically create a couple solid characters, two or three, let them just get together and talk and they will right. move the story just fine. And I'll kind of have a couple plot point rough ideas where I'm going and it seemed to work and the flow goes really good. But yeah. also I find my challenge is not so much doing that. It's just getting dialed into that like emotional connectedness. And I think the writer's block kind of comes up when I go, okay, I'm not really quite emotionally invested in that. That sometimes takes a little bit of like a warm up, you know, before I can get into it. Yeah. My concern is now that I'm helping my dad and, and, you know, I don't want anything else to come up over the next week because I basically have, I mean, right now I basically have about seven days, about eight days to get this thing done. I think I'm going to need two to three. Yeah. So, you know, at this point I I don't want to let anything else start to come up and creep into this week because 
now yeah. it's starting to make, uh, I wanted to have a couple full days of work on it and then yeah. one like half day that I could be like, okay, I'll tidy the rest up here. Right. And that was my, my idea. Yeah. And I mean, this is, this is a big thing. I think like what you're talking about for, uh, a lot of artists and, and I would say even like, uh, entrepreneurs, anybody who's anybody who's creating anything, yeah. um, you know, from the ground up, especially. And, and because that's, that's solely up to you. Nobody can do it for you. Right. Uh, and when you embark upon these things, uh, life is full of all of these other forces that are at work and, and in play, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, people and events and in your life, uh, can come up. And I think it's an, I, I think this is a really important thing that you you're kind of bringing up. Um, and for us to discuss as, as well, my fiance has recently been learning stuff around this as well. Mm-hmm. Um, as she's, um, building her business and this whole thing of learning about boundaries. And it's not about being like really, um, you know, it's not like, not like about being a Nazi about this kind of stuff. Yeah. For lack of a better expression at this moment. Um, but it's, it's not about being like, no, like I'm just shutting everybody out. I mean, maybe there's a time for that when you just go into like, no, I need to like, and then, you know, you disappear for a while. You just tell everybody you're, you're leaving and you go and you lock yourself up in a cabin for a few weeks and yeah. you just do your thing. Um, but most of the time, that's not how things are going to get done. You have a life, there's other things going on in your life and people who, uh, it's usually people. It's like people who want to see you or people who, you know, want to get together and want to, and learning to have some boundaries around those things. And, and like you said, with values, like doing a value check, you know, and you've done a lot of work on this sort of thing. Um, but a lot of people, haven't, you know, and a lot of people are in a situation where, you know, somebody calls them and says like, Oh, Hey, like I'm in, I'm in your area or I'm in the neighborhood. Like you want to go and grab a coffee or something. It's like, well, you know, it sounds like something small, like, Oh yeah, let's just go and grab coffee. But coffee, I don't know, in my experience that turns into usually like at least two hours, Mm -hmm. you know, and you had a plan to do something you know, you are going to work on this script. You are going to work on this song. You're going to work on, you were going to work on something. Right. Um, and you know, I think out of a sense of, of being, um, polite and especially here in Canada, you know, like we're just like, we so hate to say no to people. We don't, we feel like we don't want to offend people. It's not sick. Only Canadians deal with this. I think everybody deals with this sort of thing Yeah, where it's like, Oh, I don't want to turn them down or what have you. Um, but the thing is that it's, it's important to have boundaries and the thing is that a lot of times people aren't going to be all that upset, you know, uh, a lot of the time, but like you said, this was something that came up that was important to you mm-hmm. that you assess like, you know, I want to, I want to be, be able to help in this way or whatever you're there for somebody. Absolutely. I think that's understandable. Um, but it's, it is knowing it's really doing that check in with yourself. 
when these things come up because you can easily continue to just like let people kind of encroach on your space. And it's not that they mean to encroach on your space necessarily, but it's that you're letting people encroach on your space. Yeah. You're letting people kind of take your time and you're, you're in essence giving your time away. And at which point, if you have some work that you've, that you've set yourself up to do, that you have planned to do, that you've scheduled yourself to do, and if you keep putting it off, that can become a problem. Absolutely. It can become a huge problem. I mean, that's, I guess that's procrastination in some regards, but, um, well, that's how I think we procrastinate a lot. I yeah. mean, I think what happens is things like this occur. People say, Hey, let's go, go grab some beers. Let's grab a coffee. Let's get lunch. Let's have a meeting. Let's do this. Come to this event, come to this thing, come to whatever. And you know, or I need help or whatever. And I think that that's probably a really common way in which people kind of begin to procrastinate without really realizing they're procrastinating. And I think like, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing for me because I look at it and I go, well, I wouldn't, I, I, if I don't think I would do this for just anybody, like if, if, um, and it's also the, it's also the, the relationship you build with people. I look at my dad and I go, well, I want us to have a relationship where he feels like if he really needs help, I'm going to be a guy he can call and I'll be there for him. Yeah. And I want to, you know, build that with him where I feel like if I really need it, you know, he's going to be there for me. And I feel like my brothers are like that. And I feel like my mom's like that. And I feel like I have a few friends in my life that are like that. And with those people, when that, you know, if they're not asking for help all the time, you know what I mean? That's an important thing to remember. I used to have a friend that always, always, always called me because I would always say, yes, I'd always be there. But then when time came around, he was never there for me. And I don't, I don't think that like, I think that that's going to happen with some people where you're going to always show up for them and then they just don't show up for you when it counts. Mm. And I think, you know, you show up for someone, you know, you, you do, you do something on good faith a few times, but you, you know, when it comes around and if you ask for help and they say no, especially if they keep saying no to you, yeah, then, you know, you got to really assess like, is this person really there for me? So if someone reaches out to me that I'm building that relationship with, I look at it like that's, um, that's like our bond, like in the bank, you know what I mean? And so I look at it and I go, what can I, can I do both? Can I do both? Is one going to, going to, going to make one go away? And I looked at it and I went, well, my helping him won't necessarily make me not write the script. It won't necessarily not make that possible. The fact of the matter is I gave myself two weeks, but really I, made a decision that I would write it within three days. So I still have three days. I still have those days open. My mom actually surprisingly enough also asked for help, um, this week to, to, to get, um, driven to a flight, like at like 4am in the morning on like the the next weekend. Mm -hmm. And I also said I would help her, but I look at it and I go, you know, my parents have given me so much and I'm so grateful for all the times that they're there for me. And I really feel like they're going to be there for me you know, it's important that they know I'm there for them. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an adult. I'm a grown man. It's time for me to make sure that I make sure it's reciprocal. Mm-hmm. And that's an important responsibility. So I looked at it and I said, 
if I say no, I won't be able to help my dad. And maybe I'll write my script. Maybe I won't. But if I say yes, I can probably still help my dad and I can probably still write the script based on what I, what I figure I could do. Now, maybe I find out that I didn't give myself enough time and I don't write the script, but that's a learning lesson, not yeah. helping my dad. That has a repercussion in a way for the rest of time with our relationship, yeah. not being the guy that's there for him. So I looked at it and I go, okay, well, this is something that in the long run, it makes more sense to help him out. So it's not a procrastination thing. It's actually a value building thing. Right. But I think these are the kind of ways we need to look at stuff. We need to assess. I also think we have to be very, very careful if you have a lot of, and I'm going to quote this friends, because, mm. you know, I was talking with someone just this weekend about that. And they were saying, you know, people who have like a lot of friends, they have like 10, 20, 30 friends don't really have any friends at all. People who have like three friends, five friends, maybe 10, they usually have real friends because there is a certain point where if you just do the math, there's no way that you can really build a really, um, solid bond with people outside of a certain number. And like they do this in business. There's actually a number, like a leader can only lead a certain amount of people before they can't lead any at all. And Mm. so there's, there's always a cutoff point and that's, and that point you need, um, like a manager or uh, an assistant leader or whatever that person might be to help you. And if you get too far away, what ends up happening is you can be like a leader of like, like say a general, right? A general of an army doesn't do what a squad leader does. And a squad leader, um, doesn't do what the general does, but the general doesn't have a personal relationship with all the, all the members of the army. Yeah. You know, the general has usually a relationship with the colonels or whatever. I don't know. I, I'm yeah. not military the like, chain of command, chain of command. They have, yeah. they have a relationship with them, but then that chain of command has a relationship with their kind of chain of command down yeah. below. And so friends are a lot like that too, is we have to kind of be like, okay, well, who's an auxiliary friend? Who's like someone that's an acquaintance and who am I really building a real bond with? And I think being mindful of that is important because I've done it where I've had so many people around and I'm always going out to help everybody. And then I almost kind of become the martyr because in, and not or at to, least not, you start to feel that way. Yeah. It's not anybody's fault, but my own, yeah. but my n- desire to help everybody gave me nothing for myself. Mm. And I think the way I look at it now is I'll give good faith on people I'm trying to build a relationship with when it comes. It's not because I hope that they will help me, but if it comes a time where I need their help, if they're showing up for me, it really goes a long way because yeah, you know, we're building something that's reciprocal, you know, like for example, you know, I said this to you very early on cause you come out my way a lot of the time is like, I always, every once in a while, mindfully say I'm coming out your way just because I want to make sure that I don't have to, but I want to make sure that you're knowing that I'm going to make the effort because that's important. And I think that that little bit of effort goes a really, really long way with people. Mm-hmm. And And I think that's how we need to kind of behave too. So if you give and give and give and help people out and then they never give back, just go, okay, this person doesn't really give back. I'm going to move on. Don't, don't get all emotional about it. Don't get suffering about it. It's fine. But if you want to be the kind of person that builds real friendships and you notice someone showing up for you a lot, try to make an effort, whether they ask for it or not to show up for them. Yeah. You know? And so I look at it like, um, 
that's part of building real true bonds. And like in my life, as much as it's important to me to be an artist and to succeed and to build these things I want, the bonds that I build along the way are equally as important. Yeah. And that's just come with life wisdom. I mean, when I was younger, I didn't care so much. I was the more the guy who would like, okay, I'm closing off from society and I'm going, I'm going to do this thing. Yeah. But there's repercussions to doing that. I'm not saying don't do it ever. Yeah. But, but if we just go, Oh, I can always just do whatever I want whenever I want. And there's no effects on the people who, who are around. Yeah. We destroy what could be much more solid, profound relationships. Yeah, with absolutely. And I mean, and, and so much of what makes our lives, um, meaningful. Yeah. Uh, is our relationships is exactly. not, it's not like, yes. I mean, the, the work that we do has meaning for us and we care about it very much, but you know, it's, we talk about it on this show, like part, part of our whole, you know, our whole tagline is where artistry meets industry. Our intro says finding the balance. I mean, this is part of that whole thing of finding the balance between it because it's, it's, you can't have too much of one or too much of the other. You know, it's like you, you go too far in one direction or, or the other in this regards. Like if you're, cause eventually it's, goes to a point where it's like, well, you're not pursuing your passion anymore. Um, but you're spending a lot of time with people, but you're not, you know, but this other thing that you really care about isn't getting done. You've created an imbalance on the flip side. If you're just, you got your head down and you're just working, 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 and you're blowing people off all the time, you know, your, your personal connections, your connection, your your personal intimate connections with the world are being broken. Right. And that is going to have its consequences as well. So, you know, it's, it's okay to like, if you lean a little bit heavier on, on each of these, you know, but if you stay in one of them for too long, it's going to create, um, a lot an of dis- imbalance. an imbalance is going to create a lot of discontentment. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of disharmony is going to be a result of, of whatever actions and inactions you're taking. If you're just <clears throat> completely neglecting one side and the other, because, and also if you're just being neglectful of people, if you just have your head down working all the time, your, your well is going to dry up as well. I mean, we talked about that uh, on our last podcast, uh, with Chelsea. Yeah. We talked almost in a similar vein, but not quite the same because we talked about time, Mm -hmm. you know, giving yourself the time. And we were more so focused on, um, you know, having jobs and working, but this is kind of a different angle in terms of, well, you have all of, maybe you have more time to decide what you're going to do with it. Um, but there's a whole, you know, laundry list of distractions and other things that can keep you from doing your work. Right. So it's, uh, I'll come back to what you said before. Again, it's like, it, it really is, um, checking in with your values, uh, with the things that, that are coming up for you in your life. You know, it's like, if you have, uh, something that you're working on and then you have life with its own plans. I mean, this is going to be a constant thing that is going on. You can't just shut everything out. And it's important that you don't just shut everything out 
because it's when you shut everything out, you're going to lose the things that inspire you to create anything at all. Well, you, you've heard that term tunnel vision, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of what we're, we're commenting on. We're talking about tunnel vision. Cause what happens is I go, well, I, I said, my goal was, and I said this to my, my group, my goal group that I'm writing a script this next two weeks and that's happening. And mm-hmm. if I don't do it, I got to show up the next two weeks and I got to face the, face the music that I didn't do it. And is an ambitious goal and all this, whatever, but I can get super tunnel visioned about that. I can, you know, but like, I just like, that's the thing though. I think just cause we make a goal doesn't mean the rest of our life stops existing. Yeah. And we need to be, um, stop pretending like it does. Yeah. We yeah. need to, we need to be mindful that the fact that there's other people that are involved and no matter how alone we feel in our journey, other people are involved in this. You know, every artist who pursues an artistic career even if you feel alone, there are still people who are involved. It affects other people. Um, people are watching all the time. You know, I see this a lot too. I remember like, especially as a teenager, like when people started getting into relationships, they'd start getting into a relationship. Then they get tunnel visioned on that person, block out all their friends. Of course, some point that relationship goes totally South and (laughs) they're like alone. Yeah. And then they're like, Hey, be there for me. You know, the first time that happens, everyone's like, okay, whatever. The next couple times that happens, you start to be a little bit like, Hey, I was there for you when you needed somebody. And the moment you got what you wanted, you bailed on me. You know, that, that is a destruction of a friendship that you were building. So, you know, what we need to do is like, when you get what you want, or you're going after what you want, we also need to be like, what am I like, as I'm getting what I want or doing what I, I want, what am I giving and creating and building as well? And it really is a balance. You know, yeah. I think we got to be mindful about not being too tunnel visioned, you know, and really like having our values and understanding. I, I was thinking as you're talking, I was thinking about the why, like, you know, ask an artist, you go, okay, what do you want? Well, say they say, well, I want to win an Oscar. I want to make this movie. I want to be super famous, make a lot of money, have this big career. Okay. Why keep going down the why watch it. What they'll end up saying is something like, well, I want to build these, I want to have these connections, these friendships. I want to be known. I want to have a relationship. Like what will end up happening is it all come down to the stuff that they're negating right now. And it's kind of goes, well, isn't that interesting? Well, you're so focused on building your artistic craft and literally ignoring all the relationships you have right now so that one day you can be famous and wealthy and successful and have all those relationships. And so people, um, I think what happens is they disconnect from the fact that there is a much more holistic thing going on that, you know, there's going to be highs and lows, especially as an artist. And you might be at the high and when someone else is at a low, you know, you might think, Hey, this isn't just about me. I can be there for them. Right. And maybe they won't be there for you. But I think what's important is that it builds in you that you're the kind of person that cares enough to not just think about yourself. Because I think that if you do think too much of yourself, it comes down and it really bites you in the ass later. You know, and I think the thing is, is it, it makes life a lot more complicated when you ha- like for me to stop and help my dad and stop and help my mom. It makes my life more complicated because I could take literally this whole week and I could literally just write a script and I could block out everybody and I could say, ah, uh, no, no help, no help, no whatever. And I could do that. It's the easy way to do life. Mm-hmm. 
the more challenging, more complicated way to do life is to go, okay, I can help both of you. But as I help both of you, instead of just saying yes to my dad, what I said to him was what time and for how long he explained to me, I said, okay, I can do that. I didn't just say yes. I didn't just jump on it and say, okay, yes, I'll do it. I wanted to know like, what did he need? I clarified that first and then I went, okay, that's reasonable. I can do that. Cause if he said, well, I need to, I need you to work for the next five days to help me do this thing. I mean, if I just say yes, not knowing what I'm committing to, that's not really mindful because yeah. in a certain way I'd be letting down my own goals and that's not good. And he, yeah. you know, I think he could at least respect that he wouldn't be helping me, you know? Yeah. And also like I can give maybe a portion of my time, but not necessarily all the time you need. Yeah. So I think we need to kind of like look at this stuff and be precise about it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, um, and, and that's the other thing too, is that so often most people are, are happy to like support you as well when you need time and space, you know, especially if they're, if they're a good friend, yeah. if they're a good relationship in your life. And you know, if you can, if you are in a position where you can make an effort, you maybe can't, you know, do the whole thing, but you can help in some way. I mean, people are happy to, especially if you bring them in Mm. and you just say, no, I can't, I can't do it. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm working. Right. One of the best things is to tell people what you're doing. Right. You know, just like, just be like, Oh, I'm working on this thing. I really want to get it done. I've given myself this deadline and blah, 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 blah. And people will just be like, Oh, that's really great. Well, you know, let's get together when you're done mm-hmm. and like, and we'll talk about it. I can't wait to hear. Yeah. Right. Like people we're I think so often, at least for me, maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Um, but I know a lot of other people who are like this. It's like, you know, you're afraid of letting people down, Yeah. you know, and people are going to be upset with you and, and this and that. And it's like, it's like, no, like people aren't going to be upset. Most of the time people are going to be pretty cool with, with it. If you need to set some boundaries, Especially if you right? explain to them, because I think what you're, what you're suggesting is being inclusive, yeah. which, which makes things like, like, I don't like it when people say, no, I can't. And then they just say, no, I, I, I definitely don't like yeah. it when people say I can't. Cause I know you can, if there's a gun pointed at your head, you'd probably be able to do it. So that's all bullshit. What I really like is when people say, well, I'd like to, but, uh, um, no, because, uh, this is what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Now they don't have to do that. No one has to tell me what they're doing. Yeah. But the fact that they would be inclusive to me and in telling me like, this is what I'm doing right now. So that doesn't necessarily work. I'd like to go for drinks with you right now. Or I'd like to do this thing with you right now, but it's really important. And, and I've only, I only have this much time, you know, and I committed yeah. to getting it done at this point, you know, um, and that person can, can look and hear what your thing is too. And they could say, well, have you thought about maybe doing it this way instead? And you might go, Oh no, I never really thought about that. And then they help you actually see that there is a possibility for you to go do the thing as well. But if we become inclusive, we, we include people in our journey, in our experience. I think where artists are most guilty. And I think I was most guilty of this when I was younger was I was not very inclusive of everyone around me, especially Mm. my parents about how do I succeed at my dream? Whereas a little bit more like, no, like I'm going to do what I'm going to do. But if I, I found that too, usually when I explain to people what I need, like sometimes someone will call me needing something and I'll tell them, well, this is what I need. And they can go, okay, we'll help you do that. 
I'll help you run your lines for your audition. And you come over here and help me like move or do this thing. And, yeah. and we'll, we'll figure it out. And you go, okay, great. And now we're doing it together. And meanwhile, it was like, no, I had to stay home to study lines, but it was like, well, we might be able to both win and figure out how to help each other when we're inclusive. Yeah. So I think you bring up a really good point because it, I think it helps your friendships and relationships feel a part of it. I, I yeah. don't, I, I'm missing one other thing. I don't, I don't know so much from personal experience only from like maybe a girlfriend, like girlfriend experience, but I've heard that often, um, people in relationships get quite frustrated with each other because they don't feel like their partner is very inclusive of them in mm. their career and in their passion. Right. And it creates a lot of like tension with people. And so, um, I, I've often heard that people just really want to be included in their partner's life. You know what yeah. I mean? I, you, you probably find that because you have been in a relationship for quite a bit where, you know, you guys probably are somewhat inclusive to kind of let each other know what you're up to and what you're doing. So you both feel yeah. like you're a part of it, right? Yeah. I mean, I, this is like a, a little bit of a, of a side note perhaps. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's important in a relationship level for everybody to be, to know when, like what's kind of going on, what you're working on just so that you can support each other. Even if that, like, there's no real direct involvement, even if it's just like moral support from the sidelines kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's, it definitely helps. Like it, it gives you the extra push just like, yeah, just that feeling of being supported and feeling like you are supporting your partner as well. Right. Um, it also helps too when you're both, even if you're doing completely different things. Um, but if you have, if, if what you're doing still has a similar goal to it, right? Like that's like one thing for, for me and and my partner is we have a similar idea of what we want to do in the world. Like the kinds of, of things we want to promote in the world, even though, but we just kind of do it in different ways, Mm. but we're connected on the level of, it's just like, okay, you're trying to like put more of this into the world, which I, I'm trying to put more of this into the world. So like, let's just like, and then we can, then when we actually talk to each other about what it is that we're doing, we have a common understanding Mm. with each other of what's going on. Mm. And by listening to each other, we're then able to actually support each other better and give each other better feedback in terms of saying like, okay, well, like, you know, just to like keep things like to remind each other and say like, Oh, remember, this is what we're, what we're doing, right? This is what we're trying to do. So like, how can you make that more in line with that? How can you, because it's easy to get distracted. Yeah. You know, you get, caught up in all the, which is kind of what we're talking about. You get caught up in all of these other details about things. You get caught up in, in sometimes the, um, monotony and the, and the rat race sometimes of the work that you're doing and you lose sight of what the bigger picture was. Right. And when you lose sight of the bigger picture, the work becomes, becomes, I, I, I don't know what the word is. Um, the, the work just becomes uh, empty, empty. Yeah. Yeah. Like you just, you, you forget what you're doing and now it's become about, you know, um, some external 
results. You know, you're not doing it for the sake of doing it anymore. You're doing it for some, for something to happen, you know, down the road. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with a friend today and she's, uh, making, she works for a corporation and she works for another business, which she'd been trying out for a little while. And now she looks like she's going to leave that business and eventually transition out of this corporate job. And we were talking a lot about how these systems work that she's been a part of. And, um, she was talking about a video that I had shared recently, uh, which was about goal setting. And the guy talks about three things and he talks about one of them is what's the experience I want to have and what's my contribution Mm. as being like two of the most important things about goals, because a lot of people do their goals as like, you know, I'm going to get through college because then I get through college and then I'm going to get a job and then I'm going to get a job and I'm making enough money. I'm going to get a house and then I get a house. What I'm going to do is then I'm going to start, you know, get, doing get, this get, 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 and, get. and we keep chasing this moment where everything is going to be the way we want it to be. And what ends up happening is we spend our whole life without and in, in a place of want, uh, always feeling lacking, always feeling like we're missing something. And this is the way we've been taught to pursue goals in our culture. And it's absolutely backwards because what we really need to be focused on is what's the experience that I want to have Mm -hmm. and what's the contribution I want to make. And you need kind of both of them. There's another part, but I'll focus on these two for the moment. You need the experience because you need to be in the moment, um, fulfilled and enjoying life and really living, Mm -hmm. but you need the contribution. So you have a reason to not just be satiative in the moment and be like, I'm like a a pig in shit. I'm just so happy just not building anything. And the contribution is actually what makes you, that's why we do a lot. What we do, you know, you talk to a lot of actors and some people say this is kind of a bullshit comment, but some people genuinely mean it. I think people, as they get more into it, they actually mean it more, but they say like, I would like to become famous. So then I have a forum to speak on things that matter. And I have enough of a pull as a person that becomes their contribution. So really what you're telling me is that you, part of you wants to become famous because you want to become famous. But what you're really telling me is that you want to be able to contribute. And so I think what's interesting is that sometimes we miss the contribution part and we miss the experience part of what we're doing in the moment. Mm -hmm. So I look at like with my dad, I'm just bringing it back because we're using this analogy here. It's a contribution. You know, my part of me wants to succeed as an artist so that I can take care of my parents so they can take care of my family so that I can be a contributor so that I can even so that I can be a representation of a certain kind of success for, um, uh, the children I one day have for anybody who looks up to me for any person in my family, my parents, whatever, it's a contribution in a, in a lot of ways. And so this is an opportunity. I think what I ultimately came down to, this is an opportunity of contribution. It's an opportunity of experience with my dad why am I writing the script? It's probably really much more closely related to that. So I think the more clear I get on that, the easier these decisions become. And although they kind of seem like a distraction in the moment, they're not actually a distraction. They're actually a very fulfilling act. And so I think like we, um, we need to like really look at experience and we need to look at contribution. And I think the big thing is we need to be very careful about our goals. Cause like, why am I writing the script? 
if I'm just writing the script because, well, once I write the script, then I can make the movie. Once I can make the movie, then I can have the acting role I want. Once I can have the acting role I want and make the movie that I can and direct that, then I can, then I can be a director and they'll give me yeah. money for my next film. And then once I get money for my next film, I can do a bigger film. I can do that bigger film and that will give me some pull. So yeah. I, you know, so like, then I start down this rat race, this, this, this hole of like rabbit hole of like, well, when does the, any of that end? So long, yeah. all of that can happen, but along this journey of doing all of that, what are the experiences I want to have and what's the contribution I want to make? And when I build all of this, what is the experience I want to have and what's the contribution I want to make? And yeah. I think if we ever lose sight of that, I think we get quite lost. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, and that's like why you see so many, um, people, especially when they, even after they've gained, um, you know, fame and success and fortune and all this stuff it's, it's, there's never, um, a place, you know, Alan Watts has this great quote where he says, just like, you know, we think we'll eventually we'll just be like, ah, yes. And now I've arrived, you know, like you've gotten to the place where things are, are good now. And it's like, even with all of that, you know, now it's, you know, especially with fame, it's like, yeah, okay. You, you got there. Maybe you are like, you are at the top, you are a list. You like are the IMDB ranked number one, <laughs> like actor, director, whatever in the business. Uh, and you think, is it, it it's all done? It's like, no, because now you have so much to lose. Mm-hmm. Because it's like how, because now you're like, oh shit, how am I going to, how am I going to maintain this? How am I going to stay at the top? What's the next project I have to take? I have to be careful about the thing, you know, and, and it's just, it's on and on and on and on. Well, you you bring up such a good point because there's this thing that we don't get taught in school. We don't get taught as a young age. There is this inevitable once I reach the pinnacle moment of my life, I have only to lose. Yeah. We don't learn that. Why is why we're so screwed up around goals that once you have everything you possibly ever wanted, we only have to lose it. Now there, there is a point where you could have everything that you, everything, like, let's just say you write a list and I say, listen, I'll give you 24 hours. And I, I gave everybody this challenge. Everyone who's listening, I'll give you 24 hours, write out everything as though a genie is going to give you this and write it all out. Every little thing you want, the house, the way the house looks, the couches in the house, the car, the cars, the boats, the, the, the relationship, the friendship, the fame, the trophies, the awards, how many of them write it all out. Just write it all out. Now I want you to take a minute, more than a minute. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to go meditate. I want you to go think about you have all of this. Not one thing is missing. You have every little bit of it. Now, two things are going to occur. You're all of a sudden going to go, actually, I want this too. What the fuck? I want this too? How it gave you a whole day. You could have put it all down. Why didn't you put it down? No, because it is never enough. Now here's the other problem. If it were to be enough, this is the philosophical thing that we just don't remember is that, or realize is that if you did hit the pinnacle, you have only to lose it. So now let's say they take things away. Things start getting taken away from you. Okay. So you got the, you got the wife or the husband, the person, the love of your life. 
Okay, you got them. You got the trophies, got it all. And now they got cancer and they're dying. Yeah. Okay. This is life. Now this is the thing. I got my dad. He's not going to be around forever. Yeah. That's reality. That's the thing that we miss in this whole goal setting experience contribution thing. I don't know. You know, I lost a friend when I was 21 years old, just smoked by a car, T-boned in the middle of an intersection. Him and another girl lost their life instantly. Just gone. You just don't know, you know? And so when you start losing things, you gain wisdom and you start realizing the want for stuff is a little less important as it was when you're younger, because when you're younger, you have a infallible invincibility and this infallible invincibility is just arrogant and ignorant and, and it's innocent. Don't get me wrong, but wisdom around goals and wisdom around happiness and joy and fulfillment comes from really seeing what you have and really valuing that and building that and nourishing yeah. that. And I think in understanding, yeah. understanding, 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 <laughs> understanding, <laughs> understanding the temporal nature of so many of our goals, mm. right? Like it's just like, it's, they're all temporal. They, yeah. they exist for a moment in time and then you're past, right? You're, th- you're through it. It's been done. There's no need to do it again right? Like it, so it's, it's a constantly evolving thing. And that's a very exciting thing. Like that's something, but I think we're so, we've been so ill prepared for that. Mm -hmm. I know, I know I feel like I was so ill prepared for that. Um, to know that, yeah, like things, things change that you have no control over that, yeah, things are, things are taken away. You're also, you're also given things as well that you don't expect either. Um, and instead of, you know, we, we try and and control everything. We try and make things a certain way and, and it causes a lot of stress. It causes a lot of anxiety because we're trying to hang on to these things as opposed to actually enjoying the sort of the give and take of what life actually looks like, how it actually moves. I mean, you know, you gave some pretty extreme examples there. It's like, well, it's like, yeah, you've been given everything, but you know, your, your partner gets cancer or, you know, you're a, a big actor or something. You know what? You did two movies and they bombed, they bombed big time and they had, and they were big budget pictures. And now suddenly the phone's not ringing anymore for you to come in. Like these things just, it's like, what do you do? Right. What happens? You know, it's like in your, the attachment to maintaining something here, maintaining some level of control and this idea of, of getting, 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 and your life becomes chaos because you have no control over it. Hmm. But to come back, to tie this into what you're saying, contributing, giving, that is something that we have control over. And I think it's something that all of us in our lives and as artists, we need to start really embracing this whole idea of what we contribute. I think we all need to do that in our lives. Like just 
people in general, like, and I think people are starting to actually learn this. There's a lot of people talking about these things now, right? In a new way. It's a very old idea mm-hmm. that's existed for a long, long freaking time. You lent me the Bhagavad Gita, <laughs> yeah. which I'm reading now. It ta- like that's within like the opening pages of it. Right. This idea of what you do and what you give without attachment to result, without attachment to outcome, because you have no control over it. But what do you give? What do you do with everything that you have? Because you care about it, right? Mm. That's what's important. That's what you can continually do in your life and what actually um, builds wisdom, which actually builds strength in, in ourselves and in the world. So I think, and it's, it's a complete, like, it's a total mind fuck in the Western world, especially because that is not, that is not how we're taught. Like giving is something that we admire is something that we see as being a a good thing to do, but it's, it's, I think it's kind of looked at as this thing of, of being like, like being in a position over somebody and you give, you know, Mm. as opposed to like, it's like a, there's a charitability to it of giving. It's like giving is a charitable thing to do as opposed to giving because it's like just a sane way of doing things in the world. (laughs) It's a sane way of approaching everything that we do in our lives, not just like, Oh, give, money to the hungry or something, you know, that's great. That's a great fucking thing to do. But in your work, what is it that you're giving? Hmm. What is like really getting in touch with that? Cause we we're in our work. We're so focused on what we're getting right from it. What, and we don't even know what we're getting from it or what we will get from it. We have no idea what we will get from it. So getting in touch with what we're giving in our work. What is it that we are, are doing with the work that like, what are we trying to, and this is so pertaining to artists because it's like, what are we saying? Yeah. What are we communicating? What are we encouraging, nourishing? What are we building in the world through our expression? Right? Like, this is why I think it's such an important thing for or it's like, that's the, if there's anything that I see is, I won't say it's unforgivable, but it's something that it really, it's, it's very upsetting to me when I see people creating work that has no, and that has no sense of substance, substance to it. Like, but more than substance, but like, it's not personal connection. It's not building something positive, you know? And it doesn't mean that like you everything has to be like a happy go lucky thing, but like you can even go and you can express something that is dark. You can show something in our society and in our world that is troubling and disturbing, but build, heal it somehow. Let's like, let's, let's find a way to, 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 to heal these things that we're, that we're talking about, but don't just throw it into, you know, Oh, this is all shit and fuck it. (laughs) You know, like that's like what, 
this is something for me and some people might disagree with me, but it's like, well, what the fuck's the point in that then? Yeah. One of our, um, teachers, Ted Whittall, he used to say, where's the hope? Yeah. I remember he used to say that. He's like, where's the hope? He thought every, he felt that everything had to have hope in it. It's like, because if there's no hope, then what's the point? Hmm. What's the point in, 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 in us sitting here and watching this? There's something that happens when there's no hope in, in our art. There's That's a, just yeah. like, it's because the alternative is despair and despair is fucking easy. Yeah. You know, like it's really easy to be, you know, disparaged by everything in the world, but it's a lot more courageous to have some fucking hope and hope has taken us a long way in our world. I don't think it's Jeff Kitchen. He's a, uh, he has a book, how to write great movies. One of the first things he tells every screenwriter to do, like before you've developed so much of it, it's like you basically, I think you come up with your theme, like your idea of or roughly loosely of what your theme is. But the th- second thing I think it was, was how do you want the audience to feel when they walk out of the theater? is it's important that, you know, because that's part of what you're giving. What are you giving to the audience? Hmm. And you're giving them a feeling. And that feeling is because you're saying something, you're expressing something to them to give them that feeling. So there's a lot of wisdom in this, like very simple questions. Like, how do you want the audience to feel Mm -hmm. when they walk out at the end, when the credits, you know, start rolling? say something, mm-hmm. right? Connect to something, connect to somebody. Uh, you know, that what you just went off on was so good. Um, and, and so timely for me to hear, especially before I'm writing this screenplay. Cause it really made me think about like, why am I writing the screenplay? Why do I want to write this screenplay so badly? And actually I had thought, it's funny. I had thought I wanted to write this particular story because I wanted to make my next film to direct and make my next film to act in and all of this. And as you were talking about, I was realizing, well, no, actually more. I want to tell the story because I have something to say about my experience of love and relationships and friendship in romance and loyalty and truth and honesty about who we really are and like what it means to like really love somebody not because of what you think they can be or who they should be, but who they actually are. All those ugly little things about them. Can you love Mm -hmm. that? And if they don't give you what you want, can you still love that? And this is the movie. What I want people to walk away from in that movie is I want them to walk away from the fact that these characters love each other Mm. regardless. There is no, there is no loss. It doesn't matter. They don't have to be together. They have an actual true love. And if, if society and whatever, if this situation keeps them apart, it may be the case, but the love is real. And that, that we start to look at love differently in society. And I want to communicate my experience of what that is, because I think if you end up with somebody who doesn't really love you and you don't really love, and you pretend and you do this act for the next 60 years, that's the biggest worst hell of any sort of any kind I could ever possibly imagine. Why would you sign up for a lie? And so this movie in many ways 
I think is going to communicate in my little version, in my humble little opinion, what love really is. And I think that that's a really cool thing. And I thought about it, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's really, that's, that's what I want to do. And that actually gives me a lot more inspiration to tell the story. And the fact that I get to make it and act it and all of that stuff will be really wonderful. Yeah. But that's really just kind of a bonus. And, and yeah. this is an interesting thing. You know, you talking, we're talking about contribution. You just, you went off on a, on so many good things there. I, I, I couldn't possibly <laughs> recap and hit them all, but they were very timely for me in, in hearing that. And I think this talk is really wonderful. I mean, how perfect is it that, uh, that this call came and it spurred on this conversation? Mm. I mean, this is the, this is the magic of the fucking universe, you know, yeah. it's like how, how these things, they're so perfect. They just come up. So if you're open and you're ready to say yes and to like, say, let's see something really beautiful can kind of come out of it. And I feel like, um, this is really good because, you know, um, I'm going to go and I'm going to help my dad. And then I'm going to connect with helping my dad. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to write a script about love. I mean, come on. Like, what, like that's like, that's what this is all about. Yeah. So it's funny, you know, yeah. like it, it, the, the whole world is just there. It feels like in this moment, I'm like, it feels like the whole universe is just conspiring to help it happen. Yeah. But it's doing it in a way that like, if I tried to control it, it would mess it all up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, yeah, that's an interesting, interesting thing. Um, okay. Why don't we take a little quick break unless you got something to say and no, and, no, and no, no, no. Let's yeah. Let's talk, talk about, about this beer. beer. What do you think of it? It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's uh, it's super dry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like a nice, you're <laughs> right there. <laughs> hey, I took too big a step and choked on it. <laughs> yeah. I it's like it right back. It's like really crisp, really dry. It's got that nice, like, um, it's got that nice, uh, I don't know what it, what it is. Just like that nice wheat taste to it. Um, I'm going to say that this is like, this is like a Pilsner or like a Pilsner or a Kolsch or something like that. Hmm. Um, cause I feel like it's got a, a, like a little more flavor than a lager normally does. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's super clean, clean and refreshing. And, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been enjoying it. Mm. Yeah. I've been enjoying it too. It's been a good one. And it's nice and light for these like warmer days we're getting at. Um, so this is a, uh, this one's a postmark. So it's a postmark blonde. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, uh, it's only 4.2% alcohol. Mm. Uh, the, the description is craft, crisp, clean. Mm. That's what they go with. Um, yeah. So this is a blonde with a slight floral aroma and a bright finish. Your go-to, uh, session beer, I guess a blonde is kind of a, um, it's like a lager, but it's also kind of has that little hef, uh, you know, it, it has a little bit of the heft feel. I don't know why that is exactly, but, um, anyway, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not beer experts on here folks, but we've just drank a lot of beer. We've drank a lot. Hundred, uh, 126 episode. 
Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. So we've had 126 different beers. Or maybe this, 127. I can't might be 127. Remember. I don't know. Anyway, we've had a lot of we've had a lot of beers. Um, this uh, this has been a nice one. I mean, it's been nice and light. I, I don't really know the difference when it starts to get down to to be honest more with the loggers and stuff like that. The logger and the uh, you know and they call it a blonde and they call it uh, um, what's the other one that the Kolsch and the what's that other one um, Pilsner Pilsner yeah they, I, like I'm not really too familiar with why they're different yeah you know it's not my expertise. we should we should do like some sort of a like a thing. Somewhere <laughs> we should do a thing. We should do a thing. We'll about, do a thing, you know, and we'll like, this, uh, like with like a real um, with a real uh, brewmaster. Yeah, and we'll say like, all right, take us through, take us through a lager, a pilsner, a blonde, a Kolsch. What are <laughs> yeah? What are the key what differences? Are, what are we working with here? Um, like, because I knew this wasn't a lager for sure. Because to me, like a lager is like the like the such kind of like yeah the the ultimate in sort in like just putting them back kind right. of beers um it's a little tastier i mean you like you said it, it's got like a little more a yeah. little more something to it but it is very very light and i was actually wondering about the alcohol content of yeah. this one because i'm like it seems like just super super easy or as they say as the can said they're sessionable. That's yeah. the the beer expression for easy drinking. Ah, uh, is it? Yeah. Very sessionable. Very sessionable. Well, that's good. I mean, um, and for those of you who are new to the podcast, if you're new, I mean, we're always having new people join us all the time. Um, the reason why we do beer on the podcast is because Evan and I have written scripts together and we reconnected, uh, you know, after a couple of years kind of doing our own thing, we reconnected, started writing some scripts again and we started to go for coffee and breakfast and write scripts. Eventually it came to be beer. And then we were having our beer. And, and, and instead of just jumping into the script, we always started with a little conversation. It started as a little conversation. Yeah. Eventually these conversations turned into like our conversations. And they were great talks about artistry and industry. And we're talking about like how we're doing in our artistic career, like where we're succeeding, where we're struggling, trying to keep like the artistic integrity, but at the same time succeed. And then at a certain point, we, we just had a bunch of talks and we were like, man, those, I wish that was recorded so I could listen to what we said again, like today. Yeah. You know? And, um, and then somebody, I don't remember who it was. was just like, why don't you guys do a podcast? Yeah. Or and, then, and then we started <laughs> dabbling with the idea of a podcast. Didn't know what we were doing. And you know, if you ever listen to the first ones, you'll understand, but they work. Yeah. And, um, you know, lo and behold, now we're, you know, 120 some episodes in, got a pretty serious following and, uh, uh, and a, a pretty cool podcast and a lot of really great talks recorded yeah. and a lot of great beers that have joined us on the journey. It just kind of, we did it at craft beer places. So that's why the craft beer kind of became the thing. And yeah, it's a neat little tradition that kind of, yeah, no, I, I it, and the beer definitely helps fuel conversation. Yeah. And it's helped fuel conversation. It helped it's to this day. It's, it's fueling millions of conversations <laughs> every second. Absolutely. So, what have we been talking about here? We've been talking about creating boundaries yeah. and, and, you know, checking in with your values, giving your time to, to both, you know, be in the world and, and have your relationships, but also giving yourself the space and time to do your work and so being able to say no. 
You know, it seems to me that this talk has a lot to do with the balance between your artistry and your connections or relationships. It's, 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 uh, that we're, we've stumbled onto the parallels that, um, I, you know, I think about this story that I want to write. Um, here, here's a quick little brief idea about what it's about. Guy and a girl, they, they dated several years back. We're madly in love. Didn't work out. They split ways, went on their own lives for several years, run into each other on the street. This is the first thing you see in the movie. Yeah. They, they see each other on the street. They say, Hey, they catch up. They're like, one of them suggests, uh, you want to go for a drink, talk a little more. They do. They end up drinking all night, hanging out, reconnecting, really like falling in love all over again as new people go back to one of their places, his place. They have drinks, more drinks, more talking. Everything kind of starts to get a little intimate. They end up reconnecting. The next morning they wake up and she reveals that she is a fiance. She's actually about to be married. And he and her are seeing that they have this type of connection. And most of the movie takes place over the next day of them just hanging out in this apartment together, trying to figure out what, what, what became of them and what will become of them mm. and who they are now. And he has a little secret, which I'm not going to reveal. Watch the movie. Yeah. Um, which is very cool. And I think really adds to it. Uh, but this story about like this loving relationship, this, this loving and also hurting and also challenging relationship comes from my own experiences of love and friendship and bonds and, 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 and loss and missing and reconnecting and all of that. And so the people the relationships are why this movie will even exist. And so, you know, I think as we're trying to strike that balance here, we're kind of really talking about how relationships really fill the well and how you can build this amazing well, but if you don't have the relationships that to fill it, who cares? You know? Yeah. And so there's this balance, but it can't just be relationships because then you never get down to your work and your creation and your art. And you don't want to just satiate in the relationship and you don't want to just satiate in your art. But the more we can find that balance. And what I'm really taking away from it is it's a matter of values in a lot of ways, you know, when to say no, when to say yes, why you're saying yes, why you're saying no, and not looking so much about what you can get, but more about what you can give, have it be to your art or to your relationship. And, And maybe they can both give at the same time you know, as I kind of stumbled across there with my dad and helping him and how that's kind of actually contributing to writing the script and how in a way writing the script is contributing to why I'm helping him. And it's this wonderful kind of, uh, it has a symmetry to it, this kind of perfect connectedness. And finally, the other thing that I'm kind of seeing too, is that there's a weird kind of serendipity to it where if I'm open to what's happening, I can actually see how almost what's presented to me in the world, believe what you will, but almost how it aligns to help. It's there, there's this weird thing I've noticed in, in my life where if I'm open to it, the world does kind of perfectly align. Now, maybe that's just me making that up. Maybe it's not some God sent kind of universal power, but maybe it is, maybe it's not either way. It's pretty damn cool. Mm -hmm. You know? And so that's kind of what, what I'm kind of taking from this conversation and like going like, wow, it's a really neat kind of, uh, thing to explore. I mean, maybe now that we're aware of that, I don't know if you have any other summary of it, but maybe we can kind of look at more of the intricacies knowing what we're talking about now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is 
Yeah, we've we've stumbled upon some really interesting stuff in here, and yeah, it's like we're on a, like a new theme. I feel like yeah. <laughs> like the last episode. It's like seems to how to be how it goes. Um, you know, we kind of get onto something, and then we end up actually like branching off of some kind of an idea for a little while and exploring it further and further and further and further. And then we will revisit, you know, a number of episodes down again. Um, but yeah, and we've talked about giving again, which is something that we've actually covered in the past about, about giving and contributing, um, making that more of uh, a focus. Um, and yeah, I think, but I think the biggest thing that where we sort of are circulating around is, is this balance, this balance of, of living and having a life and also creating the time to do your work, to have some, to have expression, mm-hmm. to, to put out there. And the thing is, is I, I want to bring it, this might seem like a subtle point, but, uh, to use like an, an old like actor thing is like, I can use this. <laughs> and you go through your life being like, I can use this. Yeah. It's like, yeah, absolutely. You can use, you can use it. You can use everything. Um, but there's an importance about, because the moment that you go, I can use this, you almost make your own experience kind of contrived because you're now not really engaged with the experience that you're having necessarily you're sort of seeing it as a means of like using it mm. for something as opposed to really having an experience of something and then being like, Oh wow, I know this thing. I want to, I want to use this mm. because it's something that I've felt. It's something that I've been through and it's something that I want to express to people. Um, like this, like the movie that you're, you're writing, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm fascinated to, to read the script. If you'll have me, of course. Yeah, of course. When you're finished. Um, the first people I send it to, (laughs) uh, because everybody has such an, an interesting perspective and especially on the, the topic of love, we'll be talking about love forever. You know, like in, in our work, love is, is, pretty much like in, in my own book for actors, um, the actors awakening. I mean, I've, I've asserted that everything that you will ever do and everything that we do in our lives is about love in some form. Everything is about love. But when we directly take on, you know, love, especially within like a a romantic relationship or something intimate between two people. Uh, we get to look at it a little bit more head on Hmm. and that's very, it's to, because everybody has a different experience to some degree. Well, maybe not a different experience, but a different path to, to love the experience in some way is often the same, you know, for when people experience real love, Hmm. um, we, we understand 
we understand a certain thing about it, which is why we connect to so many love stories and to songs about love and poems and books and whatever. It's because we go, yes, I've felt this. I understand this, but there's all these little intricacies that give voice to how people understand it or the way that people came to understand it and to feel it and to experience it. So it's like, because this is something that the, the story that you've described, I'm like, I'm interested in, in knowing what, what this is, where this goes, how, how these two people find this in this scenario, because it's through your understanding, which is going to be a little bit different than my understanding, but I'm sure I'm going to connect to it on some level deep down. Hmm. Right. Yeah. I think that's really cool. You know, I was thinking about, um, thanks. I'm glad, I'm glad to hear that. The feedback has been quite good from the pe- from the pitches that I've done to people uh, of this story. The feedback has been quite, uh, quite a lot of interest actually. And, um, I think it's, it's, uh, for me, it's not so much about the marketing or concept or idea of it. It's very much a genuine story. I just, I don't, I don't know, want to tell, you know, and I, I'm glad that it is intriguing to people. And I think that what I'm discovering is there's a certain simplicity to, uh, to it. And that there's, um, something about, um, that I'm realizing that the author doesn't need to come up with something new as much as that they need to come up with something personal. And so it's not so much about, there is a part of the concept that I think in certain ways maybe hasn't been done before, maybe hasn't been done quite like that. And I don't think when uh, my version of the movie, I, I don't know anything that's quite told this way about this thing. But to me, I think it's a neat way to tell a story. I, there, there was something though I wanted to mention, and I, we've been talking a lot about contribution and giving, and I, I don't think that they're necessarily synonymous with each other. And I think that's important to, to point out that contributing doesn't necessarily mean giving. Um, giving is important. Mm-hmm. Contributing is important, but both a little bit different because sometimes contributing is pulling your weight. It's just simply mm. having kind of a, a bit of an authorship, a bit of a, I, this is my, this is my weight. This is my part that yeah. I'm going to add to it and contribute and to a common goal or something. Yeah. That's kind of what contribute. See, like, yeah what I associate with the word contribute is like, there's a common goal right? among several people and you're, you know, fulfilling your role. Yes. And, and that's the important part of contribute that when you contribute your, you, the word in and of itself is that you recognize that your goal is not all on your shoulders to take care of mm-hmm. and isn't only for you. And I think that's the important thing that I, I want to kind of get across with con- contribution is that when you're contributing, you see the team relationship. You see that you're in this with more than yourself and other people might not even know you're, they're on your team, but it, and they might not even be contributing that much, but that's not what's important. What's important is that you, you contribute. And, and, and I think that the thing is, is that we, we've been very indoctrinated into a culture of like, what can I get? And uh, you know, what do I want? And it's very ego driven, very based on like, I need to receive, I need to get fulfill whatever. And when you're contributing, well, I don't know if everybody's had the experience of contributing, but my experience of contributing is this. When I contribute, it feels really quite good. I actually go like, 
you know, like for example, um, trying to give you an example of contribution, we were moving some stuff off the boat. This is several years back. Um, you know, and we're moving some stuff off the boat and I could carry, I, I was weightlifting at the time. I could carry a massive amount. I was like a human like yeah. horse, you know what I mean? I could just carry so much. And, and my, my mom and, and my stepdad and everybody who's there is like, ah, don't worry. Like we, you don't have to take it all. And I'm like, and the fact that I could run in a few loads and really contribute and, and yeah. it felt really good. It felt good that I could, I could help everyone get some things done. And also, you know, um, the fact that I had built such muscle and strength on my body at that point, I was proud to be able to take that and use that as a contribution because there was a part of me like that built that muscle a little bit for vanity that built it a little bit for like, I just want to look good. I want to be fit and healthy and look good. Yeah. But there were these real side benefits that I didn't always think about, about actually as being a strong person and being a strong person, there's this little side benefits that come out of it. Like you can physically do more in the world. You can physically make yeah. some shit happen, you know? And, um, uh, you know, and so I think that we have skills that we don't always recognize and maybe we didn't build them for the most altruistic kind of reasons, mm-hmm. but we end up having them. And it's like, Hey, you could use this to really help people out, to really help a situation, to really make a goal more possible. Yeah. You know? And so I think contribution is kind of, it's a two part win because part of it is you help everyone else out achieve this goal, Yeah. but it's a, it's a form of self tribute as well. Yeah. you recognize, Hey, like I can do that. I can make this happen. This is the weight I could pull. And yeah. when you start seeing that you can do the lion's share of something, you know, the, the majority of it, it actually, in my experience, feels really good to know that I could be, a, be like a star player in this moment, Yeah, you know? And, and that's a, that's a great feeling. That's a real feeling of being, uh, useful, being important, being yeah. valid. And so I think contribution is really important for that because I think a lot of people are walking around, they don't feel valid. They don't feel important they actually feel quite invisible and they don't matter, not good enough. And that's why contributes important because it reminds us that we are. So that's why I think contribute is a really important part of this whole conversation we're having. Yeah. It's like the fact that I can and the fact that I can and I will is a self-fulfilling confidence builder, you know? Yeah. So I think that that's part of this whole thing. And I think when we're always thinking about what can I get, what I want, what I need, we don't see our contribution. And so we, we constantly lower our value because we're constantly not really seeing what we can do. We're always just trying to fill ourselves and get more. And so, um, I think we need to find a nice balance of also going out there and seeing what we can give in the sense that what we can contribute Yes. You know, and, and I, I want to be careful with that word give, because I think sometimes when people hear give, they think I'm going to give this person something without them earning it. But I think contribution isn't about, no one has to earn it. It's just like, that's my role. That's what I do. Yeah. You know, when I used to play sports. If you're playing forward, you scored or you set up a goal. You, you, that was your job. If you were defense, you made sure we didn't get goals against you. That is your contribution. It wasn't like, it wasn't like you were giving it to anybody else it was what you did. You signed up for that. And I think contributions mm-hmm. a little bit more like that. I, I think we need to uh, extract, give a little bit because I think sometimes people think like, Oh, I need to go out of my way to give someone something who hasn't earned anything. Cause that makes me a nice person. It's not about right. that. That's that. Well, yeah, that becomes part know, of it. Charity. Maybe, yeah. To, to a certain degree. I don't know if charity um, is really always like the most value building thing either. And that's another no. talk. 
but the contribution is value building in you and the group and the team. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, um, no, I think that you raise a really good point and I think it's something that everybody, uh, should do is to, is to look at what your, your, because there's a lot of ways that you can, you can contribute or at least discover how you can contribute or how you're already contributing, but knowing is, can really help provide a lot of clarity and a lot more meaning into the things that, um, that you do. Mm. Um, Dan Millman, who's, I mentioned seemingly every other episode, (laughs) um, you know, like he, he, his sort of breakthrough book that got him, you know, well-known and stuff was the way of the peaceful warrior. And so this whole thing of the peaceful warrior is kind of his thing. That's like, it's like, I, I don't know if he's got a trademarked or what happened, <laughs> but the peaceful warrior, it's kind of like this, this concept. And, and one of the things, um, they says about is the peaceful warrior, um, doesn't just do what they love, but finds the love in what they do. Mm. And I think by finding how we contribute, we start to find where the love is for something. Um, and sometimes we don't always know how we're contributing. You know, you, there's people who, uh, you know, as we've talked about life, life happens, life changes the plan, life changes what was supposed to to go on. Um, and you're in a situation being like, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know how. And then in those moments of not knowing people find a new way to contribute to the world, to their community, to the people around them. They find a new way to contribute using the things that they know how to do. Mm. You know, you, um, and then there's also, you can, if there is something that you're already a part of that maybe you're feeling disconnected from, you can actually go and say, well, how am I contributing to something? How am I like, and discover maybe things that you didn't even realize about the role that you're playing Mm. because these things are not, I think almost, you know, grievously so. Um, but we don't necessarily live in a culture where people actively show appreciation towards each other. Um, where we actively show value, um, towards other people express value that we have for others. Uh, not so on the, some, not on the average, not on I'm the sure average. There's some people out there. Oh, who absolutely. Do that, but it's like, I think it's important. We go just not on the average yeah. Yeah. and they're, and the people who do that are, I think some of the best leaders, some of the best managers, some of the best, like, you know, they're, you'll find these people in tremendous position, mm-hmm. people who really know how to let people know how they're of value. Mm. Um, but that's often not something that's really defined for us. And so it's important that we're able to define that for ourselves. It comes back down to value. As you talked about earlier, I think a lot of this conversation that we're having is so much about value, but in this regard, us being connected to how we're valuable through our contribution Mm. and having an understanding Mm. of that, I mean, can add new depth and layer and meaning to the work that we do, no matter what it is, how am I contributing Um, and we can find new opportunities. And like I said, you can find ways that you're already doing it, that you just 
maybe weren't giving yourself tribute for. Right. And the thing is that we are contributing in ways that we don't even necessarily understand a lot of the time. It's interesting how in the word, I I just realized this as we were saying it, but contribute has the word tribute in it. (laughs) Totally. You know, and tribute for those who don't know, tribute is to acknowledge the value in something or someone, you know, or yourself is basically like with, doesn't that mean just like contribute? I think so. Like with, with tribute, with tribute. Interesting. So, um, contribute is a way of recognizing, uh, value. It's actually a way of appreciation. So it's interesting. You stumbled into that because contribute in and of it, in the very act and word of it is to appreciate. Yeah. And have gratitude. And then if you looked at, if you take this further, I'm going down a little rabbit hole here quickly, but if you take that further, um, it, um, contribute like, uh, like, uh, um, to, I said it in a moment, but it's like, uh, even finances, it, it, it like builds upon itself, like a compound Mm -hmm. kind of interest, you know, like, um, like the thing is, is like what wealthy people know and what people who have been kind of, who've never really had money don't often realize is that money can make more money just for the sake of having money, just the way our economy works and your money can actually contribute to your wealth. The actual wealth you have can actually contribute to your wealth. And yeah, this happens with relationships too. the people who are contributing in your life. And if you're contributing in their life, in their life, it doesn't just have to be finance, but it's all, it's all appreciation. It's all appreciating. You know, the word that was the word I was looking for appreciate, Mm. you know, depreciate, appreciate depreciate means to lower in value. You buy a new car off the lot and it will quickly depreciate and be worth less. The moment you take it off the lot, brand new, it will be worth less. Every year that passes, it becomes older. New cars come out. Your car depreciates appreciation though. is when like you have like an old hockey card or something of value and it becomes worth more over time or, um, uh, uh, you know, real estate generally will appreciate, especially in thriving communities. And so I think this is an important part of the contribution element is that you appreciate things, but they appreciate, they actually gain in value by contributing. So tribute, uh, appreciation, these things are very interestingly tied together as you start to look at the wording of what they actually mean. And you can, you know, there's a, it's like, there's an interesting thing about how words work, you know, yeah. and how they actually, what they mean. And when you start to see the interconnectedness yeah. of them and how they relate to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, I think it's, was it etymology? Etymology? Like that's what it's called. Like the origins of words and stuff mm. like that. And where they can, and sometimes it's insane. Like the, the origin of words and what the, like they came from to how we associate the words used now are so different. Mm from each other. It's like, they just get kind of like, you know, it's like a a game of telephone Mm. happens right with like words. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, not just because like, yes, obviously telephone occurs with words, (laughs) but like even through time, you know, like it through words are fascinating because we don't really know what words mean. I mean, I I do this. I've talked about this before in the, the timeless storytelling course I teach. And I go over words of story and we look at words in ways that people have never looked at words before, like the word story in and of itself and the word theme yeah. and the word uh, idea, you know, and people walk into this class and everybody thinks they know. And then the moment we start looking at it, we go, well, like 
we don't know anything. And, and there's words are this whole universe. And I'm really starting to see that more and more. I actually heard a Ted talk about that. And and the woman was pointing out about how every word is a whole universe. It just, there's so much to see in that word. And when you start seeing the interrelatedness to other things and other ideas, like we're discovering right now, you start to see like, wow, like I never really looked at contribution quite the way I'm looking at it today. I always kind of knew uh, as a definition what contribution was, but I didn't know contribution. And I still, I don't assume to even know the word yet really on its full depth, but I think it's kind of exciting that we dig into it. You start to go, Oh, okay. This is more about what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you know, it's another thing for those first time listeners. I mean, as much of this conversation as we're trying to share our own little wisdoms, they're discovery to us too. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're always discovering something when we have these talks, which is, it was what part of what I love about it is that I kind of come into this going like, I have my own little take on it, but I'm going to kind of assume I don't really know anything. And then, and that's kind of neat because there's these wonderful little discoveries that come through the whole process. Yeah. 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 So contribution. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't know. Do you got much more to say on this topic? I, I, I don't know that I do. Yeah. I don't Um, know if I do either. I feel like we kind of maybe like maybe wrap it up, kind of look at like what we're going to take away from it. Yeah. You know, um, Evan and I kind of decided instead of like wrapping up the podcast, like we used to do, we used to kind of just wrap up everything we talked yeah, about. Try and summarize it. Yeah. We're going to, we'd kind of do that in the blog. So just read the blog, yeah. go to the website at, um, you know, the B and or soundcloud.com slash the B and E podcast, or just search us on the B and E podcast or whatever. You'll find the blogs written on pretty much everything. The iTunes, the soundcloud. Um, I'm pretty sure every other, like, like Stitcher, every other type of directory, you can get the information on the podcast episode. So that will summarize. So instead, what we're going to do, there's a great idea by Evan, because we kind of stumbled into that, which is let's talk about what we're going to walk away with now yeah, that we've like had this how, conversation. How we're going to integrate what we've talked about more into our own lives. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know what? I'm The value was a big part of it contribution was a big part of part of it. And they're, they're linked to me like this, what I'm going to be more mindful of. And actually for this week, what I'm going to do is every single day, I'm going to let, I'm going to say one thing to one person every single day to let them know how they contribute and why I think it's valuable. Nice. So you're going to acknowledge that I'm going to acknowledge more people in my life Hmm. and let them know how they contribute. Yeah. I'm going to do that because I feel like if I do that for other people, maybe I'll start to see how I do that more in in my own life. Right. And also because it's, it's fucking great to let people know that they're like appreciated. Yeah. You know, people, are not used to hearing it enough. That was something that I realized in this conversation. I'm like, you know what? We don't realize, you know, we don't appreciate ourselves enough and we don't appreciate other people enough. Maybe if we just show some more appreciation, you know, it'll all, it'll all, it'll bring up the cycle, you know, and that's how I want to contribute by lifting people up. Right. So kind of the Gandhi method, you know, be the change. Yeah. 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 As, as you be it. Um, so it becomes yeah. your, your environment. Yeah. So I'm going to 
I'm going to express more appreciation to people. That's great. Yeah. I like that. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking of, of something along those lines as well for myself is to, is, you know, I actually was thinking as we were talking of a bunch of people that I want to just message and appreciate. (laughs) Um, and I think that that's an interesting thing for me to look at right now because, um, particular with the story and, and, um, you know, by expressing love, experiencing love, I think what I'm going to do, um, I'm probably going to do that as well. I'm probably going to join in you with that. But, um, what I'm going to do is I want to relate this back to my art personally right now. Just while I'm writing this story, cause I got this week and I, I want to take this talk and apply it to what I'm doing as an artist. So I think what I'm going to really look at is, um, how people are contributing to my life and how I'm contributing to their life. And whether I tell them or not this discovery that I have, I'm going to create a kind of dual, uh, sense of tribute between both. So I can start to see like, how am I contributing to people and how would I like to contribute if I'm not contributing as much as I would like, or how could I, if I would like to do more and how are they contributing to my life where I'm just taking for granted and not even noticing. Mm-hmm. And I think what this will do for me is it will help me build a stronger appreciation and affection for my friendships and, and relationships in my life and also help me to see how I can be more of a friend to these people and more of a, you know, someone who's there, but not necessarily because I have to subjugate anything I'm doing, but simply because I'm more aware. Cause I think there's a part of it that there's a, there's an awareness in all of this, which mm-hmm. the more awareness that I gain around it, I think the more I'm going to be able to have a sense of my capability. I'm thinking about that story. I was telling you about the boat where I was moving all this stuff and I had a certain physical strength, but yeah. I mean, I might not be as physically strong as I was then, but I am definitely internally probably stronger than I've ever been. So I think I have a lot to offer from a, from an interpersonal level. I have a lot of strength in that area that is kind of unflexed muscle. I'm un, un, unlike touched kind of capacity. And so I think I'm going to push into that area. I know it might sound a little gray, but what I'm going to first do is do a tribute towards other people, a tribute back to myself, start to see the, the area, the untreaded territory I haven't even explored yet. And then as I become aware of that, I'm going to, ex- I'm going to expand into it. And I probably will use a similar exercise to what you do just, you know, yeah. And, and, um, and relate that back to this, this piece that I'm writing, because I think these two characters have really greatly contributed to each other's lives, but have no idea how they have. They just, they just feel this mad affection for each other and don't realize that both, um, of each other changed their lives. Mm. And I think back to my, you know, I think cause part, partly every movie I think is somewhat autobiographical, autobiographical, biographical, biographical, autobiographical, <laughs> autobiographical, um, that I can look at how, why do I have an affection for someone still or appreciate a love and really kind of see how did they contribute to my life? Because I think that's really why I feel a certain kind of appreciation for them still is because they contributed to my life, but I might have kind of got all caught up in the, how I felt, but not really thought about what they did. Cause I think people have come into my life and done wonderful, amazing things. And 
I just think like, like it's just, it feels like it's expanding my heart as I talk about it, mm-hmm. you know? What are, like kind of a nice like feel good conversation. Yeah, this is turned out to be This was great. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Well, all right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the B and E podcast. Keep it up. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks. Thanks.